L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally. He is Matt Williamson. And, uh, well, a uh, somber day today in uh, Pittsburgh Steelers uh, land with the passing of uh, Franco Harris just a couple of days before the team was set to uh, honor him on the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Uh, He was going to have his number retired at halftime of the Steelers game on Saturday night against the uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, formerly the Oakland Raiders, the team that he caught the immaculate reception against. And uh, man, just, it's just been a tough day all around that. Yeah. Big time. I mean, woke up, saw the news was like, Oh wow. Yeah. And then come downstairs and you know, my, my wife has just, you know, local TV on and, and you can see like all the programming's even changed, you know? I mean, it's just, I mean, the, the regular shows aren't even on. I mean, it's that big a deal. And um, he certainly touched all of our lives. I mean, I was lucky enough. I don't think he knows who I am, but I was lucky enough to sit down with him a couple of times and interview him. I'm sure you have as well. I mean, I always think of, you know, that if he doesn't, have that if the immaculate reception doesn't happen i don't know if i do this for a living to be honest with you i mean i'm 50 or i'm 49 uh, i was in my mom's womb when it happened but i mean you know the, you come into that that world of pittsburgh that he helped create and it you know it formed my life yeah for sure um it, it helped kickstart um you know, the Steelers dynasty probably still happens to some right, level, right. you know, without the immaculate reception. But it that probably was, would have been pretty good. That, <laughs> but that was that was the moment that it began. Mm-hmm. That was the first playoff victory in, in franchise history. That was the, that was the, the lighting of the fuse uh, that, that, you know, slow burned in 1974 when you when you then go ahead and win your first Super Bowl. Uh, it's kind of announced to the world, hey, these Steelers, uh, they might be something. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, leading up to this, obviously, I mean, as you mentioned to start the show, I mean, the timing is remarkable. I, I mean, Franco's been all over radio, news, TV all week and, you know, leading up to this big moment and retiring the number and all that stuff. And unfortunately, it didn't quite work out as planned, of course. But, you know, even... It's funny, I had gotten three or four of these conversations at Latrobe this summer about, you know, the impact of Franco and they were unprovoked and people that have been around the team. And I've heard Joe Green even bring this up this week or recently that we weren't the winners we were until Franco arrived. You know, and I never, to be very honest, as a player, I never thought of him as potentially the second best stealer that ever lived or, you know, quite in that light. Of course, he's a Hall of Famer. He's awesome. 
But the way those guys talked about the impact he had on the field, I was too young. You know, I mean, it just that he was the straw that stirred the drink there on offense for a long time. Yeah. And and I think what they're they're talking about in terms of that is just the impact that he made on the field. If you look at, uh, you know, a thousand and fifty five yards, he only started 10 games as a rookie. Mm hmm. Uh, he had, I think, 79 rushing yards in the team's first four games. He wasn't the starter. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, in, in the final 10 games, he had basically 1,000 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, he, crazy, scored, yeah. he scored 10 touchdowns. Uh, you know, it, their first Super Bowl season in, in 74, um, you know, he, he's, again, another 1,000-yard season. A thousand, You know, he had just a string of them there from, from 74 – to 79 over a thousand yards in each one of those seasons. Yeah. And a thousand yards really meant something in the seventies. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Let's not forget as well. He was sharing the backfield at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ran the ball a lot. Um, you know, if he's the, the only game in town, if he's the only running back for a lot of those years, the only one that gets the football, how many more yards does he have? Yeah. Right. Right. I he mean, only talks. He only topped 300 carries uh, twice in his career. Wow. I didn't know all those things, but wow, that's great. Yeah, 31977 on the nose, and then uh, 310 in 1978. Um, You know, so if if he's a 350 carry a game, you know, a year guy, um, you know, it – it, it, you know, we racks up a lot more, right? Yeah, we could, uh, could have, you know, he would have probably passed Jim Brown as the uh, all time leading rusher in NFL history. Um, you know, as it was, he was still very good, yeah, and, of course. Yeah, right, right. You know, uh, you're talking about a guy that was the uh, the Associated Press Offensive Rookie of the Year in 1972. Um, he was actually got finished eighth in the in the MVP voting that year. That's how I'm really as a rookie, yeah, as a rookie. Uh, that you know, that's pretty impressive stuff um that's oh, huge yeah uh just so much to you know a super bowl mvp everything he meant on the field and that doesn't even go into what he meant off the field mm-hmm. uh you know he did so much in the community it was always a big part of uh you know everything that the steelers did off the field and continued to do that after he retired yeah i mean very very much in the public eye, well past his playing days and helping charities and how many people he's touched. And, you know, even just like looking at my Facebook feed today, all my buddies are have pictures of themselves when they were kids, you know, with Franco and or their dad took him to, to a game and Franco was, you know, said hello or whatever. I mean, things like that. I, I wonder, does Bradshaw ever get over the hump of all his struggles if it's not for Franco, you know what I mean? Like having that guy to lean on, you know I mean? On the field and off. And he was considered a great leader in the locker room and it just, it did so much and amazing. The, the timing that it happens to be this week, you know I mean? Just remarkable. Yeah. I I thought Mike Tomlin put it, uh, summed it up really well today when he said, you know, he was always gracious and understanding while being Franco, everybody, you know, expected, imagine for 50 years, for 50 hearing, years, hearing every day, somebody's asked, I guarantee you, he was asked about the immaculate reception every day for the last 50 years. 
<laughs> and some days a hundred times. Right. <laughs> you know, depending where and you're especially at. Especially recently. Right. I mean, you know, so it's, yeah, yeah. it's almost like, it's almost like being a musician, you know, and, uh, you know, John Mellencamp, Hey, play Jack and Diane. Right. Right. After the, bird, right. You know, after the 50,000th time that you've played Jack and Diane, you don't want to play Jack and Diane anymore. There's no new angles on it. There's no new spins. Oh, I forgot this part of the story. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. And I, I mean, this is embarrassing because I'm an idiot, but how long has that Franco statue been at the airport? I mean, pretty much my whole life from what I remember. Yeah. And I'll be honest, it, it was about 10 to 15 years ago that I figured out who the other guy is on the right. With in the red jacket, it happens to be George Washington, you know. Because I mean, if I happen to be flying home, it's not like we traveled all the time. Take a picture with Franco. You go look at that one. You go down the left the escalator. I didn't. There's some other guy on the right. I'm not even sure who it is. Oh, that was George Washington. Oh, cool. He did some stuff too. It's funny. I I asked Franco about that. Um, we talked to him uh, when the Steelers announced that that uh, they were going to retire his number and do everything for the the 50th anniversary. This is earlier this right. year. And I said, do you ever get tired of seeing the statue when you go, when sure. you go places like you're walking through it, it's got to be a little humbling to see that statue. You know, the first thing you see when you're, when you're walking down land in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, officially coming into Pittsburgh and, and there's the, you know, there's the, the, the immaculate reception, Franco Harris. He says, yeah, but the cool thing is, is I'm right next to my hero. Uh, George Washington, because he did so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it took me a long time to figure that out, about 20 years. Like, who's the guy on the right? <laughs> There's a great a great video that the Steelers produced on their website. Um, and and it's, it was done by Bill Crawford, uh, the, the WDVE morning show, mm-hmm. of George Washington reaction to the Franco, being next to the Franco statue. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, and it's just this, this whole skit. It's just it's it's funny, uh, but it's poignant. It, it it just goes to show you though how much Franco meant to this community. Yeah, right. I mean, I I, I often bring it back to being on the field and things. I mean, it and, and if you equate it today, I mean, it would almost be like Stingley, who the Texans just drafted, is. Joe Green, and then next year's first round pick is, you know, I mean, it's not not the example I meant to use. I, I was thinking like the worst organization in the league. Imagine taking them to four Super Bowls in six years. How many pieces have to fall in place for the Texans to be a dynasty? You know what I mean? We say the Browns on this show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they've at least shown signs of life, but. <laughs> But I mean, just imagine the pieces in place and, you know, and he was as key as any of them, really. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK, but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Yeah, uh, just a very, very uh, sad day here. It's going to be... Um, imagine what game day is going to be like. The game day is going to be a little, yeah, just a, a little crazy. Uh, it was already going to be. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on and and dinners and 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 you know the the mm-hmm. ceremony on Friday. 
um, you know, over at the marker. You could still go and see the marker, the mark, the spot where Franco caught the pass uh, in the outside parking lot, it, it, you know, on the sidewalk between stage AE in the stadium, Eckershire Stadium. Yeah. So, um, like Mazeroski's home run. I mean, it's yeah, like, I mean, yeah, it's, right, right. It's, it's a iconic. Yeah. And, you know, maybe we're a, a little spoiled in here. You know, you mentioned Mazeroski's home run. It's, it's, you know, a game winner in this, in this game seven of the, of the world series uh, in the ninth inning. Mm-hmm. Franco Harris's that, that catch is, is largely the same thing. Now it didn't win a championship. Right, right. But started the ball rolling, but it started the ball rolling to win a playoff game like that. People were trying to compare earlier this week what happened in the Raiders Patriots game to the Immaculate Reception. No, 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 no. Oh, no, it's a regular season game. That's but just they, a bonehead play. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that. That's not a, a a phenomenal play by any particular player, or a crazy coincidence where you know two stars run into each other and the you know the ball pops up. You know, I mean, like that was just dumb by the Patriots. That's not the same thing at all. Yeah, and, and you know it's two teams that are basically going nowhere. This was well, that two, too. Yeah, this was two playoff teams, two of the two of the franchises that, that if you look at the seventies, um, were kind of the, the of the the dominant teams of the the era. Oh, without question. You know, I, if, I, the, if the Steelers aren't there in the seventies, the Raiders might have won four Super Bowls themselves, maybe more. Maybe, Maybe what more. they got one, right? Yeah. You know, right. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind. Uh, that to me is one of the most Franco aside, or he's part of it. I mean, again, but even uh, I'm not ignoring his death, but I mean, just the the rivalry of the 70s between those two teams might be the best one ever in the history of the league. You know, like I mentioned, I was born in 1973. I was probably four or five when I started to get a clue about football. Not that I was an expert or anything, but I cared, you know. And my family, who watched all those, of course, like everyone else in this whole town, and ingrained in me. I mean, since I could crawl, basically, that, sure, we don't like the Browns and Bengals and Oilers, but we hate the Raiders. You know, like, oh, the yeah. Raiders, <laughs> but we hate I mean, the there, Raiders, Matt. There were lawsuits the and, and things of that nature because of these games. You know, well, it's, I mean, the hit, the hit on Swan, where Joe Green has to go out with one arm and throw him over his shoulder, you know, carry him off and... I mean, we we were joking about the the uh, the only man that Mel Blunt fears is Clifford Branch, and you know the Steelers supposedly iced down the sidelines so he couldn't run go routes and all the conspiracy stuff. And <laughs> Al Davis is and Madden are just such huge figures in that rivalry too, and would be so easy to hate as an opponent too. Yeah, Jack, yeah. Jack hate him, you know. <laughs> but if that if not for the Steelers, it might have been the Raiders. In that game, yeah, typify like that set the whole thing off. That set it all in motion, mm-hmm. and it was two great football teams. And yes, the Steelers lost the next week to the to the you know the Miami Dolphins, and they went on to their unbeaten season. Nobody talks about. I mean, they still talk about the Dolphins going unbeaten, but if you ask about what 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 was seventies football, people say right. the Steelers. It was the Steelers. Oh, 100%. It was right. the Steelers, you know, in, in their four Super Bowls in six seasons. They're, again, the Dolphins had a perfect season, the only perfect season in NFL history, and they're kind of a footnote to the 70s because of what mm-hmm. the Steelers did. 
And without question, the biggest obstacle for the Steelers were the Raiders, you know, and, then, year. Yeah. and people often talk about that 76 season, you know, my dad, uncles, you know, all the people that really lived it and said that was the Steelers best team, but they didn't have Franco, Blyer, Bradshaw, you know, the, the defense was unbelievably stout. And that was the slight crack the Raiders needed to get their foot in the door. And you probably haven't seen it yet because I know you've had a crazy day, but we get this research packet from the NFL and I started looking at it and they really stressed the, you know, the, the immaculate reception game and they list all the hall of famers that were in the game. I mean, it's Noel, it's Bradshaw, it's Harris, it's Joe green, ham blunt because Lambert and Webby and those guys hadn't even gotten there yet. Yeah. Yeah. And the Raiders it's Madden, Stabler, Blitnikoff, branch, Otto, Upshaw, shell, Bob Brown, Willie Brown, George Blanda, Oh, by the way, the Steelers have two owners in the Hall of Fame and the Raiders have an owner in the Hall of Fame. I mean, like, and the Steelers just getting warmed up. <laughs> you know, I mean, like yeah. they're some of their other guys aren't even there yet. But that was like the that was like the the announcement of uh, oh, by the way, here we are, guys. You know, yeah, it, right, right, right. You know, and, and this team's legit. I mean, how many times before this weekend even got got to this point, has that play been played back? Time oh, right. time again. I mean, it's just you know, it, 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 as you know, as great as the Santonio Holmes catch was in the Super Bowl, as great as the the James Harrison touchdown return in the Super Bowl, they're they're not even the best play in in Steelers history, the the greatest play in Steelers history. Right, it's, right. It's a walk off grand slam, you know, in the bottom of the ninth. That's that's what that is. Yeah, so. but better maybe. I mean, even more unlikely. Yeah, even really more honestly. unlikely. That's like that's yeah. like an inside the park home run. To win a World Series game, right, 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 absolutely. <laughs> I mean, just uh, almost impossible. Like if you if you wrote that story, I, I always use this analogy. I was a creative writing major. If I would have turned that one in, they'd be like, "Sorry, can't quite believe that." One. Yeah, that, you know, there's that, no that's way. It's a little far fetched, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody's nobody's going to believe it. That the suspension of belief is not going to uh, to work for that one because it was just, um, you know, it, it's unbelievable. Uh, that that's the, to me, um, you know, and, and having. I'm not going to pretend that I knew Franco intimately or anything like right. that. Right, you've been around him, but I've been around him, and and that's one of the things that that's so cool, um, you know, about covering this franchise is that the history of you know the guys that that are so many Hall of Famers, as you mentioned, you know, the first time you meet Joe Green, the first time you meet Franco Harris, the first time you meet Bradshaw, the, all these guys that. You know, change the game. The first time you you see Mel Blunt, you're like, "Whoa, that guy was a cornerback." Um, well, you so saw me at camp. I mean, I turned into an eight year old when Mel Blunt came to town with us. <laughs> yeah, so it, it just um, just a, a sad, sad day. Uh, just a, a great ambassador, not just for the for for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which he was. Uh, you sure, know, he, he was a Steeler all the way through uh, his life, um, but for the city. For Western Pennsylvania, um, for so many charities, he just did so much, and uh, it just—it's uh, it, been a tough day. Yeah, it has. And boy, it would have been great for him to get through the weekend, you know, and, and see all that. But um, depending, I guess, on your beliefs, I guess he will, you know, from above or whatever. But that that, that stadium is going to be unbelievably emotional, and even more so now, you know. Yeah, absolutely, uh, Matt. We're going to take a break. Uh, we'll, we'll be back with more. Maybe we'll actually talk a little bit of football here. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. We do come back. Uh, but that kind of took a, a 
I don't, I don't want to say that jumped into the back seat today, but most certainly uh, the, the news of Franco Harris's passing at the age of 72. Um, yeah. Kind of, kind of came to the forefront for everything, you know, everything the Steelers did today, no um, you know, even with their practices and things of that nature, uh, certainly uh, um, very unexpected. Mm-hmm. Uh you can subscribe to SNR's newest podcast, The Godfather of Pittsburgh Sports is talking nothing but Steelers. It's Savern on Steelers. New episodes drop every Tuesday and Thursday. Subscribe today. They're available on the Steelers mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get your podcasts. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally, and uh, we'll be back with more right after this. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.